Welcome to Widowcast Podcast, where you learn how to find the strength to get through your journey and the skills to coach other widows. This is not your average grief group. This is your journey group. It just may show you the way to make something amazing come out of the emotional pain and trauma of widowhood. I'm your host, Joanne Philomena. I'm the best-selling author of Widowed and Widow Coach, and I'm a professional certified life coach. Let the healing and your personal journey begin. Welcome back, my friends. This is Joanne, and you're listening to episode 71, Becoming a Life Coach. I want to share my life path and passion that brought me to coaching. Because there are those who think they can go learn to be coaches before they've even experienced very much life. Now, I know that's an unpopular view. I'm sure it's an unpopular view with younger people out there. I'm not saying a 22-year-old cannot coach. But he or she should be coaching what they know. Perhaps they know the stress of college and want to reach out to others who might be ready to throw in the towel. Maybe it was their experience that college was just not designed for them. They left college and actually did better with their life without wasting a few years spinning wheels there, um, going to college. And they want to speak to the 18 and 19 year olds out there who feel this way. But the key is to stay in line and with your experience. That's your expertise. You know, I love listening to Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V as he's commonly known. I love to listen to him talk about business building. Why? Because it was in Gary's DNA from the time he was a kid. His dad talked about Gary as a little kid picking flowers from the neighbor's garden, then knocking on their door to sell the bouquet to them. Is Gary my senior, so I listen to him? Heck no. I could be his mama. <laughs> but he's um, in his 40s and has been successfully developing businesses since he was running lemonade stands in his neighborhood on his Hot Wheels, right? And he's built businesses from... 3 million to 70 million in the example of working for his dad at the uh, liquor store that became the wine became wine library um, and has gone on to build VaynerMedia and so many other things. So he speaks from experience, right? I admire that about him because I feel the same way about coaching for myself. And that's why I want to share a little bit of my story of how I came to coaching with all of you, especially any of you widows out there who are thinking that you might want to come study with me to coach other widows. Now, I teach widows to coach widows and certify them as widow coaches because I already know you have had the experience of this. You know of what you speak. And there is nobody else on this planet better equipped to coach another widow than you are. Pure and simple. So many widows get stuck in their lives and don't even see a new future for themselves. They don't move forward in any way. 
And I've talked to widows who have been stuck for years and years and years. They have literally let years of their life just pass by without actually living it. That breaks my heart. You know, my fascination with the mind began as far back as grade school. I can remember one of my older brothers talking about the powers of the mind. So I found a book. I found a book to read about ESP. And then I began trying to see if I could move things across my mother's coffee table using my thoughts. I didn't even know there was a name for this. It's telekinesis. You know, it, for my family, it must have been like living with Wednesday Adams. <laughs> Sit for like an hour staring at an object on the coffee table. Before the age of 13, I read books like The Many Faces of Eve. I was fascinated that the mind could segment off into all those different personalities. The power of her mind to create entirely different personalities that even knew different things from other personalities in her brain. It fascinated me. And I knew I was on to something with looking into my own mind. After that, I began reading books about the power of the mind. I read Ruth Montgomery channeling Arthur Ford. Then I came um, across a whole slew of books by Jane Roberts, channeling an entity named Seth, speaking about the nature of reality and how we create our very reality around us with our thoughts and our emotions. And by the time I was in my 30s, my life became a personal study of this. It's how Jim and I met and why we meshed so immediately with our shared interest. My actually, my 20 plus years marriage with Jim, we were actually together over 21 years and that became a 21 year lesson on creating our reality. Not even a lesson. This was more like a 20 year experiment because we worked on how to fine tune our thoughts thoughts to create reality and how we could shift our reality around us. Jim being a teacher, <laughs> retired teacher, it was natural for him to think of me as his tabula rasa, his new student. First, he lined up movies that I needed to see, old movies, just so we could communicate. <laughs> but he also bought me tape after tape to listen to and to watch about every different philosopher in history. And when I started looking into studying psychology at Penn State, uh, Jim said it would probably warp my mind of everything I understood to be true, right? Um, in the early 1990s, like from around 1992 onward, we were both of us teaching online and discussing in great depth online with others about how your thoughts and feelings create the very reality around us. If I had only known back then that I could have set that up as my own practice and monetized it as a business, I would have been over the moon to think that I could do my passion and be paid for it. In all my years, I have to tell you, it never occurred to me that I could build a business for myself. My generation growing up, I was basically expected to finish high school, get married, and have babies. That was it. 
My father would not even agree to send me to college. I asked, I begged. He felt it was a waste of time and money. He said to me, you know, you're only going to get married and have babies anyway. So why am I going to pay for you to go to college? As I began applying everything I learned in my life in general and to my work, it had an extraordinary effect back in the early 1980s. It was in the 1980s, might have been the late 1970s actually, um, I was working for an interior design firm. And I made the conscious decision, are you ready for this? That I would never think another negative thought about another person. I wanted to always look for the reason that they are perhaps acting negatively so I could better understand them. And I think what I challenged for myself was that for a full year of life, I would avoid thinking negatively about other people. I would just always look for what's going on in their mind, right? So if my boss was especially terse with me or rude to me, I would just think to myself how, you know, she's been under so much pressure with this big new project and this huge account coming on. Of course she feels tense. And I always took on this outlook and it made life for me so much easier, so much better when I could put myself in somebody else's shoes and think about, okay, why are they coming off this way? right? They don't intend to be mean to me. They're reacting out of something that's going on with them. So I took this outlet outlook until one of my coworkers finally confronted me. Oddly enough, it was my boss's 80 something year old aunt who would come in and work two days a week, who stopped me in my tracks one day. As I was making a reason for my boss to have been short-tempered, right? We were in the accounting office and I said something about that. And like, you know, oh, she's, you know, she's got to meet with so-and-so and I'm sure she's not looking forward to that. And her aunt turned to me and said, Joanne, stop being such a Pollyanna. I just can't stand it anymore. She was rude to you, and there was just no making excuses for that. At first, I was so startled and taken back, but then I began laughing because it struck me as so true, right? Um, and I promised Barbara's aunt that I would stop being such a Pollyanna from that day forward. But this was really only after it had already been over a year that I had continually looked for the positive in every person. But, you know, I th it was so hilarious that it did not go without notice. And apparently I was driving my coworkers crazy by always being able to say, oh gosh, don't be mad at them. <laughs> so that was a lesson learned. The lesson learned was I could understand what somebody else was thinking to make them act the way they're acting. And I could choose to not feel angry with them for their actions. But you can't expect other people to not feel angry with them for their actions. Right? It's very hard to get that across. In the work I took on after I moved to New York, I found myself coaching the transcriptionist who worked under me on my team. 
if one of them was not doing her best work, I would reach out to see what was going on with her and I could actually coach her thoughts. There were many times I would reach out to a transcriptionist to turn her thinking around about her job, to help her feel excited again about the work she was doing each day. I felt no one should be coming to work and dreading it. That's an awful way to live, right? It's an awful way to live if you dread facing your job each day. So if I notice this beginning to happen, maybe somebody's production was falling off, I would reach out. And if they were just like burned out on the job, I could help coach them around to being excited about what they do again, for them to be able to acknowledge that what they were doing was making a difference in the world. The truth is, I was constantly promoted in that company until I was finally offered the head position as director of operations. And it was my ability to coach my team that created the constant success. It was only when a giant company leveraged the parent company to sell the company I had been running that my career finally came to an end. Oh, they kept me for over a year and a half in this giant company. They had to file Chapter 13. They had gone too far in debt probably buying my company and started doing workforce reductions to lower expenses. I thought I would be one of the first ones to go because I was one of the last ones into the company. Surprisingly, they continued to keep me on until they got around to about the fourth round of layoffs. And that was only about five months before Jim passed away that I was laid off from that job which turned out, of course, to be a godsend because he had always been retired. And um, for five months, we got to just be little kids, neither one of us working. We could get up and just go right outside and play like little kids. There had been another company reaching out to me. Uh, the company was being bought out by the CEO and sales manager, and they knew the company was broken. My old parent company had told them, hey, you need Joanne Philomena. So they had started reaching out to me about my coming to work there once they fully owned the company. And the offer letter for that showed up about a week after Jim had passed away. And I signed it right away. I was just so grateful to have a paycheck coming in, right? Still didn't occur to me that I could actually create my own business and do what I was passionate about. I was just, as most new widows are, freaked out about my finances. I had no income at all coming in. Jim was retired when I met him, so there were no spouse benefits set up on his retirement. Nothing. So, man, I signed that agreement and just send it back. It just never occurred to me. As much as I had that entrepreneurial spirit in me, you know, I know I did because I always created success for people who employed me. It was because I could not just sit on my hands and do the minimum basics being asked of me. I was always one step ahead and always seeing new avenues to create revenue and seeing what was going to be, what was going to serve the company best. It used to blow bosses' minds when I would come up with this stuff because it would be detrimental even to my own job security sometimes. But I would say, no, this is what you need to do, to do for the company. This is where we need to go with this. The new job started out like 
fireworks. It was great, right? It was great, but it quickly became a disaster. I was being taken advantage of time-wise, maybe because of my widow status. Then one day I was contemplating why I was so unhappy in that job. It was like the same industry that I had loved working in for over 20 years. And I realized it was because so much had changed that I no longer had the luxury of coaching my people. It was all number crunching and tracking data on the internet. And the voice came to me that said, coaching is what you are meant to do with the rest of your life. I was 61 then, right? And the voice said, hey, it's time for you to spend the rest of your life just coaching, teaching what it is you've always known. And I didn't even know that a life coach was a thing, right? But I, I did know in Manhattan there was a place called Coach University. So I looked into it. But it was really seemed to me to be based around a lot of archaic tenets of psychology, traditional therapy. It was not at all the way I wanted to coach people. And it seemed very corporate. And I was done with the corporate world. <laughs> done. Then I found the life coach school and I saw that what they were doing 100% meshed with exactly the way I had always coached. It completely meshed with my knowing that our thoughts and our feelings create reality. So I knew that was the place I wanted to go for certification and to set myself up as a coach. The word entrepreneur was not even in my mind then. I knew I wanted to set myself up with a coaching practice. I started my business at the beginning of um, 2016. Okay, I was 62 years old. And that first year, I lost a lot of money. I didn't really lose it. It was like I had invested a bundle in myself. I had invested money in my certification, invested money in setting up my business and business practices, and even invested money in having a business coach to work with. So I did not begin to show a profit until my second year. And that second year, I honestly worked my ass off at the age of 63 as an entrepreneur and sold over $100,000 in my second year of business. And that's when I knew I was an entrepreneur because I was making sales, right? A six-figure coach. I want to tell you, I tell you all of this because I want you to know the internet and social media is a total game changer. Now, I know you probably all aware, younger generation, all wanting to be entrepreneurs. It's like the new cool thing, right? It's the hip thing to do. I'm here to tell you it is not just a young person's game. When you are leveraging social media, it doesn't matter if you're in your 20s, in your 30s, over 50, even in your 60s, it's all a level playing field. So don't think for a minute that your life is at the end of life and you can't strike out on some new career. You absolutely can begin doing what you have wanted to do all your life, do what you're most passionate about, and you can monetize it. I am thrilled and excited every day that I wake up knowing that I get to do the thing I've loved my whole life. 
I get to coach people and teach people how to coach. I get to explore the power of our thoughts and the power of our minds. I continue to learn and expand my knowledge about those neuro pathways and how they work. Coaching is the most exciting work I can be doing. And I get to see it change lives, right? And changing groups of people that I teach to coach. Don't think in your 20s that you become a coach without having lived the experience of life. What you want to coach is what you've experienced. You want to teach that. This is what you know if you've brought yourself through it. I see so many young people that they start coaching what they know. Maybe they have experienced something, um, something deep that they have struggled through and they start to do it and they make a little money at it. And then they get excited about that and they get so excited that they think they're going to start teaching people business. That's a little presumptuous. Just because you've had a few months of success doesn't mean you can teach business. It's putting the cart before the horse. Get experience under your belt. If you are over 50 and looking for what you want to have, what you want to do to have absolute purpose in your life, you have experience to share. It puts you yards ahead of young people thinking they want to be entrepreneurs, right? You have life experience. Maybe you have actual business experience. So dig deep inside and find out what it is you're most passionate about. Get really self-aware so you can know what it is that you're truly good at. Do that. Get passionate. Get excited. Get freaking fired up. With the internet and social media being what it is today, you have the power right in the palm of your hand to create all the press and media you need to get word out there about what you're doing, right? You have a cell phone, you can advertise on Facebook, you can post on Twitter, you can record voice, you can do video, you can do Facebook lives. There's no need to have money to, to put ads in magazines or pay for local commercials, you don't need funding for that stuff. You can do it as simply as opening up Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat on your phone and you just start talking to your perfect client. I know I get excited about this, but really there is a desire in me to let people know that just because you are in your 50s or in your 60s doesn't mean your life is over. Doesn't mean you can't get out there and start living the dream, doing something you are passionate about, doing what you love. Even if you've worked in a dreary job your whole life, you can start working towards what it is you're passionate about and it changes you. It changes your whole life. Even if you're still in that job, creating income for yourself, you can come home after dinner and sit down and put some hours in on working towards what it is that you want to create in the world. 
wait till you see the difference that makes in your life. It really does. And you know what? If you're ready to take that next step right now, you want to just dive in and learn more about becoming a certified widow coach, I would love to talk to you. Go to widowcoaches.com and you can get more information about that. I will be doing some more um, online calls, video calls with people. So get in on that so I can talk to you. And if you love this episode, if you love listening to this podcast, I would be so grateful if you could leave me a review in iTunes or Google Music Play or wherever it is you're listening to this podcast. iTunes, I think, is probably the most common. That's where I get almost all of my downloads from. And I would love to see this podcast get to 100 reviews. That's how this podcast can be found by other widows who need to join in with the rest of you listening. So come on, you guys, let's find our tribe. Go into your podcast on iTunes, do a search, just as if you had never subscribed to this before. You search for Widowcast, click on the album cover for Widowcast, and you'll see where you can click on ratings and reviews. Once in there, you can click on leave a review. You can give me some stars. Five stars is really nice. Right? And then you'll, you can just leave a sentence or two. That's all. Click submit and soon your review will show up for my podcast. I will be excited to hear from you always. So listen, get out there and find some joy in your life. Start thinking about what it is that you are passionate about, what it is that you are good at, what it is you have experienced that you want to help other people with. And start working towards that in your life. Love you guys. See you next week.